from Montreal. Around the world. Jeremy White Podcast. With Bistan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Bistan. Visit Bistan.ca. And Loudtracks.com. Helping fans connect to their favorite artists. 100% high quality, officially licensed band merchandise that supports the artists you love. Visit our official band merch store at Loudtracks.com. Now... The Jeremy White Podcast. Hey, what's up? Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of the Jeremy White Podcast for 2021. Brought to you by Boostan and LoudTracks.com. Boostan, the best Lebanese cuisine in the Montreal area. If you ever get down here, if you ever get up here and when the borders open and stuff after the pandemic, we'll go to Boostan. Let me know when you're in town. We'll get you some garlic potatoes. It's amazing. Also, LoudTracks.com currently has a 30% off sale on a lot of their merch up there. Jade Alicia just posted a great photo of her and for Poison Tea, all your favorite bands. 100% officially licensed band merch supporting the artists you love. We've got some great deals up there. And soon we're going to have Jeremy White t-shirts too, which everyone's been asking me about. And they are in the works. It's happening. We just need to print them. We're in the middle of a big lockdown, which I'll talk about in a sec. But anyways, LoudTracks.com. Go and support them. They're great. And Jeremy White t-shirts coming very soon, courtesy of LoudTracks.com. So, did you have a great New Year's Eve? Did you watch Kiss 2020 Goodbye? It was awesome. Mitch LaFon and I got together and we did a live review of the live stream. It was great. It's up on my YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, make sure you go and subscribe. YouTube.com slash Jeremy White Show. And it's up there. It's actually got almost like a thousand views and some great comments on there. People agreeing with us, people disagreeing with us. But listen, we're, we're Kiss fans. We're the most... I don't even know what the word is to describe us, but listen, that's all I probably have to say. We're KISS fans. We're very um, we're very fussy. We're a fussy group of people. You can either, you can either tease us or please us. It's, it's that kind of thing. So if you watch KISS 2020 Goodbye, so go check out that video. Mitch LaFon and I kind of pretty much talk about the entire thing. I'm trying to get Paul Stanley on the show. Emailed their management saying, hey, let's let's do a recap. And then I saw him on today. He was on like SiriusXM volume doing a review of the show, doing exactly what I wanted to do with them. It's almost like they took my email and then went to Sirius and was like, hey, do you want to do this with Paul? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we'll see if that pans out. But if it doesn't, it's OK. I got to talk to Gene. If you missed it, man, I was so stoked. You know, as a music fan growing up reading magazines like Rolling Stone, you never even dream of your name being mentioned in there. My Gene Simmons interview got picked up by Rolling Stone Brazil, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, my name in something Rolling Stone. I, I was freaking out. I posted the screenshot on Twitter and Instagram. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to have to get a frame and actually physically print that out. So pretty cool way to start uh, 2021. I didn't even know about that. A fan of mine in Brazil sent me the link. He was like, hey, check this out. I was like, holy shit. I'm, I'm in Rolling Stone. That was pretty damn cool. So, anyways, uh, check that out. I tweeted that. It's on my Instagram, too. Today on the show, first episode of 2021, I was actually originally going to do a recap of some of the best highlights and segments from the show since it started back in August, talking to Steve Stevens and Steve Lukather and Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley and all these legendary artists. But I ended up passing on that because I saw everybody else doing that, doing year, year interview. Like, come on, like, if, if you wanted to listen to them, you, you would have already gone, you would have gone back by now and checked them out. So what I've been doing, actually, is doing a best of 
some of the best clips as opposed to doing it on the podcast, posting them up with the videos included on my YouTube channel. So I got clips of me talking to Steve Lucas there about Eddie Van Halen and, uh, you know, guitar rigs from the 80s. And I got Steve Stevens talking about recording Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. And we got Ace Frehley talking about why he quit Kiss and his thoughts on Kiss Alive and the recording techniques and all that stuff. And I'm going to be posting a lot more stripped down, you know, kind of like Joe Rogan style segments, you know, a couple minutes here and there on YouTube for the next couple of weeks and stuff. So, like I said, if you don't follow, uh, don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, well, you're missing out. So go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that bell so this way you get notified when I post new content. Wow, I sound like a YouTuber. <laughs> it's all going to come full circle in a sec. You'll see why. And go subscribe and you get all of that. All right, today on the episode, first episode of 2021, Mitch LaFon and I sat down with no rock star. No, 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 no. She's actually one of the biggest influencers in the world. She's a best-selling author. She's got a new album in the works, new music, and she became famous by doing videos on, you know, Vine, and she's got a YouTube channel. She, she's had like almost like a billion streams, like a billion views. Like, she's huge. Her name is Gabby Hanna, and she's awesome. Like, if you have kids, I'm sure your daughters and your sons, you know, your teens know who Gabby Hanna is. Mitch's daughter is a huge fan of Gabby Hanna. She freaked out when we told her we're talking to Gabby Hanna. She's like, what? Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. So we, we had such a fun time in the interview that Gabby followed Mitch and I on Twitter. So we were actually having, like, convos back and forth. And I'm sure Gabby's fans are like, who is, why is Gabby talking to these, like, this old dude and, like, this, like, rock-looking guy? <laughs> so on New Year's Eve, uh, Gabby Hanna actually sent a personalized video to Mitch's daughter saying, hey, your dad's really cool and all that stuff, which is, it's really cool when stuff like that happens, you know? For a teen and it's Gabby Hanna, like, just a picture of Eddie Van Halen sent you a video when you were, you know, 16 and said, hey, you know, your dad's really cool. Like, you'd be freaking out, you know? So anyways, that's who we're speaking to, and uh, I'm not going to run a commercial. I'm not going to do anything. We're just going to get right into it. So let's get right over to the interview with influencer, internet sensation. She's got new music out. We're going to talk about that in the interview, and the album's yet to be titled. She's, it's, you'll see, all right? Let's welcome to the Jeremy White Podcast, Gabby Hanna. Jeremy. Thank you. And I'm Brittany and I'm, Finn. And I'm the old guy, so... <laughs> I could <laughs> I could go on about Britney for a very long time, though. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Which team are you on? Are you team Britney or team Britney's dad? Oh, is that even a question? Don't <laughs> like that. crazy. I'm going to go Tucker on everybody. Leave Britney alone. Oh, my Chris God. Crocker. Whole podcast about how much people overlook the absolute abuse that Britney has been going through. Yeah. From the media, not just her parents and the people who she's supposed to trust, but the media fucked her over so bad and nobody talks about it. No, nobody talks about it, especially because, like, every time you see Britney in the press is about something negative. And it's always been like, especially lately, it's been like, mm -hmm. oh, her conservatorship. Who's going to get all the money? Who's in charge of this? Who's in charge of that? And Kill a queen. Yeah, yeah. But she just put on new music. So that's pretty cool. I know. It's because yeah. she's a legend. She'll never die. Yeah, exactly. She, she absolutely is a legend. Listen, uh, I came up in, in, in the in the music of the 70s and 80s, and I respect very much what she's done. She's, she's mm -hmm. a complete artist. Now, um, we for some reason, I can't see you on the screen today, but uh, Jeremy can. But l let us talk about the, the new song and, and your career. So first of all, we got the new song, uh, Shut Me Up. Mm -hmm. Already half a million views. Uh, Yes. Talk to me about about making music because you you do it all. You've got the book, you've got the website, you've got the YouTube, you got it all. You sound um, like such a dad, Mitch. I love it. Well, I know that's that's the whole vibe here. It, there's there's <laughs> there's 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 dad talking to you, and then 
And then there's you, the on-air guy who actually has to be on air in 30 minutes. Are you a dad, Mitch? I am. I have a 17-year-old who is a big, you know, pop smoke, post Malone, all that fan, and a 14-year-old. So I thought you were saying pot smoking, and I was like, okay, <laughs> nice qualifier. <laughs> no, no, pop smoke. She, she, she was rocking around in her pop smoke uh, T-shirt yesterday. But hey, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, uh, I, I, I really appreciate that stuff because whenever I drive her back and forth to work, we listen to Heat on Sirius or, or. Um, what are the other ones on, on Sears? 2K. There's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, we listen to all of those. And I got to say, it's given me a great appreciation for for for, the, for that music. And and listen, your new your new single, Shut Me Up, is fantastic. It's, it's just a fun song. Thank you. That's honestly what I'm, I'm really going for is I just want to have fun with my music. I feel like I went through an era of so much, like every, everything was so heavy and so emotional. Mm-hmm. And I like that I can write emotionally. But sometimes you just really want to have music that you can just dance to or vibe to or chill to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's exactly what you're delivering. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, and I'm going to brag here, I got verified on Twitter. So it's very exciting. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jeremy's not there yet, but I, I, I got so verified. Cool with airlines now, if you tweeted an airline with a verified check mark, you will get a response immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's funny because I, I was I was now that I'm in the verified club, I was asking people in the verified club via Twitter yesterday, do I get free coffee? Do I get a discount at Costco <laughs> or anything? So 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 we get airlines responding to us. <laughs> Yes, very quickly. Yeah, it's better than TSA pre-check, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's fantastic. But, but Gabby, talk about how did you become a, you know, how did you win a streamy award? How did you become an internet personality? Because I've, I've done my own thing, but I don't have a billion views on YouTube. I mean, you know, listen, I got 178,000 this month. I'm happy. But how do you, how do you build it up? It was honestly, I I mean, obviously I I had hard work and dedication and I did really set my mind to it, but I have to be honest and say that a lot of it was being in the right place at the right time. I came up on Vine when it was super (laughs) popping and it was easy to get big because there weren't that many people on there. And then I just kind of moved from one platform to the other while I was there. So yeah, definitely was being out there, putting myself out there, working hard and dedicating my entire life to creating content. It's all I did for five, six right. years was just create. But uh, it was- I mean, that's was, the rule, right? Content is king. Content is absolutely king. You have to just get that shit out there. Well, how did you decide what kind of content you were gonna be creating? Cause I mean, there's so many people out there trying to do exactly what you're doing and they're just not, you know, getting noticed. Yeah. You know, what what is it about the content that you do that kind of like sets you apart from everybody and allowed you to become Gabby Hanna? I think that when I first started, it was I had I had so little social awareness <laughs> and no shame. And now when I look back at it, you know, six, seven years later from when I started, I look back at what I was doing and I was like, OK, I would never I would never do that today because I was right. just I didn't really have any idea of what the real world implications of saying things publicly would mean. Um, But I think that's what initially really pushed me forward. I don't think that that's my tactic when going into music and working on the poetry and the writing. I think that I am evolving as a person. But as far as, you know, getting big on the internet, it was just about being obnoxious. If I'm being honest, I was just, I never shut the fuck up. (laughs) Right, right. 
Right. And, you know, that led to some New York Times bestselling books and, you know, you got the music and it's like, you know, you're kind of like an onslaught of the senses. It's like you got you got all the bases covered. Well, you have to. You, you got to bring as many people under the tent as possible and you got to get a little bit of everybody. I mean, it's, there's no denying that. Um, and for me, it was always just about trying everything because I, I had so many interests that like, you know, growing up, you think, oh, I want to be an actor or a writer or an artist or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. most people don't ever try. So whenever I had the opportunity to try everything, I tried everything. And there's some things that didn't pan out because my passion wasn't there or it just wasn't for me. I wasn't good enough at it. Like I did a lot of hosting and I did some acting. Those were things that I said, OK, I tried it. I liked it, but it's not something that I'm so passionate about that I want to put everything into it. But, you know, music and poetry and art, those are the things that stuck with me and really fed me every day. So those are your, you know, the, that's your triangle right there. You got your music, poetry and your art. And that's huh? basically what you focus your content on then. Yeah. So now it's it's definitely different content than it used to be. Um, but it's what is making me happier. I feel like yeah. my early 20s were all about just the excitement of getting the exposure and building the platform mm -hmm. and getting some attention after a lifelong of none. And now <laughs> I'm less interested about the views and the likes and more interested in getting more dedicated personal, you know, followers and a fan base who actually fucks with my music and my writing. Cause I can't expect the people who loved me when I was 22 telling obnoxious story time videos to fuck with my music. They're just right. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, you See, my, my daughter loved you when you were the obnoxious 22 year old because I said, uh, I've got Gabby Hanson. <laughs> I used to watch her all the time. I go, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, tell her to come back over to the new channel. It's way cooler. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, you know, it's like you, you kind of want to hold on to some of those old people, but it's like the new fans that are going to come in and trying to develop a community around the new music. It's like those are the diehards that are going to show up, you know, sit in the queue online, buy your tickets, you know, buy the meet and greets, buy the whole thing. Yeah. They'll, they'll be there for all of it, you know, so. Yeah, it was honestly a little difficult. There was definitely a transition period and I'm still going through it where you get used to a certain amount of, you know, views or likes. And that was the thing that was exciting. But then as you start changing your content, obviously not everyone's going to come with you. But right. I kind of look at it right now as I'm starting over. I, I did the social media thing. I'm starting over as an artist and a musician. And right. I'm lucky enough to already have a dedicated fan base and it'll grow but it's it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of time but i'm excited to do it yeah, yeah. and the music is really good man i mean like you know we were just talking about britney and like i i find the song you know shut me up it's kind of like a cross between you know some early 2000s punk pop but it also has modern sensibilities to it like you know you got a real drum kit on there and some guitars mm -hmm. and you know, Thank what, you for noticing. Thank yeah, you. of course. Are, are you like a rock chick? Like, what? Who are some of your influences? Like, you know, in in your music world. Totally. So my music inspirations have always been Queen, Panic at the Disco, Disco, My Chemical Romance. I oh, wow. love. I do love male leads um, and rock bands. Just sonically, obviously, personally, I love the fucking women leading the game. But yeah. Uh, sonically, I love I love what men do often. So I actually was going for the early 2000s pop punk, Taking Back Sunday, uh, that type of energy. The Blink so, 182 kind of like things in there. Yeah, like it's pop music, but it has that little bit of a rock edge where all of like the real rockers say, "This is not fucking rock," but then everybody else is like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I like the song because, it, like you said, you know, it's pop, but it's also rock. You're doing like on the record what the artists would have done live. You know, like the, right. the album version would be super pop and then live they would do this arrangement where it's got guitars and real drums. So you're yeah. doing it the right way 
from the beginning. So the live arrangements are always so much cooler. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So put the real drum on it. Why the fuck not? It's so yeah, yeah. You know, you listen, you listen to a Justin Bieber song on the radio and it's like, OK, cool. You know, it's got the 808. But then you go live and he's got a badass band and like it sounds yeah. so yeah. much better. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to bring live instruments back into pop. Um, obviously, I'm not I'm not like cre- uh, forging any new path here by using new instrument or live instruments, but they're not yeah. common enough on the radio unless you're listening to like an alt station or a rock station. Yeah. And they sound so much better. And also you're just able to put so many more musicians on the map and give them jobs, too, because like. It's it's too easy to sit at a computer and no hate to anybody who's just, you know, my producer does all samples and um, shit like that. But I, I just love an analog instrument. Let me ask you about that when it comes to your voice, then, because when I listen to when my, you know, and I drive my daughter to work and she's listening to all those channels, there is auto tune all over the place. And it's like, can't you just sing like like we don't have singers anymore. So where are you in terms of vocal uh, arrange, you know, acoustic vocal, for the lack of a better word. Like, are, are you about the real vocal or do you, do you have a little, do you, do you still think that's okay? I use a little bit of tuning for sure. Okay. What, okay. But what my producer does, and I fucking love her for, and this is why I choose to work with this duo over and over and over again, is as opposed to um, tuning a vocal, she will 100% of the time prefer me to do it 90 times and get it right than right. to tune it. Obviously, there's touch-ups on the track, especially if there's something where I absolutely love the performance on it, but I'm a little bit flat or I'm a little bit sharp. Then sometimes I'll say, give me that vocal because that one has the emotion that I want on it. Yep. But for the most part, the vocals on my track are very, very softly touched. Um, when it comes to live performance, that's something I still have a lot to overcome in terms of confidence, and I haven't had really any opportunities well, this past well, year. Well, well, slow, slow down here. You're talking about confidence. You have a billion views. You got 2.5 <laughs> million Twitter followers. Why are you not? Con- I mean, obviously you're doing something right. You should. I mean, I, you know, I look at my stuff and his stuff, and we, we have nowhere near that. Why are you not more? Com- I mean, you have the ability. You've proven it. I think I just more so mean I, re- I respect incredible singers so much. Right. And I take the craft of singing so seriously. And like I work with my vocal coach two, three times a week. But when it comes to confidence of stepping on stage in front of people and not getting nervous and not, you know, prepping for a big note as if my life depended on it. <laughs> I just have a, I have a lot of work to do because I, I haven't had the practice. Yeah. So. Well, listen, the first note is always going to be flat as soon as you hit the stage. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, Mitch, go back to your point about talking about auto tune and stuff. You know, it's not even necessarily a, a, a tool to fix people that are flat or not. It really is just like a stylistic thing that is just very common in modern music production. You know, like you listen to Dua Lipa. Okay. I'm exposed to her music on a nightly basis on my radio show. And you know, you listen to a song like Levitating and it's super disco. It's it's there. You know, you got real bass and it's funk and you you hear her vocal performance on there. It's a it's a straight up really nice vocal performance. Yes. But obviously it's got tuning on there just because that's the sound of the radio live. She sounds incredible. So mm-hmm. some artists, yes, they yeah. do need it. But, you know, it's like it really is just the sound at the end of the day. No, you're yeah. right. And, and and I took my daughter out to see Dua Lipa and, and she was fantastic. I mean, what an incredible artist. I mean, she was just she was she was magical. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll straight up tell you, uh, the only auto tune that I worry about is sometimes on some of the tracks I hear it's just so robotic. Well, yeah, that's like, all like, on the like, hip hop like, stuff. 
Right. And it's just like, well, slow it down. Like, let's get back to Smokey Robinson. Let's get back to whoever, you know, <laughs> like, just yeah. like, back it up a bit. Right. There's a couple of great artists. Is auto tune than like T Pain. Like, his style yeah. is just straight up auto tune. And if it's a stylistic thing, I think it's fine. But at the end of the day, like, auto tune can't make somebody a good singer. You're going to hear it. You're either hitting the note pretty fucking close or else it's not fixable. So, yeah. I give a lot of people a pass. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, a concert's just about going and have some fun. It's like, who cares if it's yeah. 100% perfect, you know? Yeah. It's all about in the moment. I agree. I think it's all about the the experience rather than this guy was this or that guy. You know, yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, just real quick, shut me up is a is a preview uh, of a of a new album coming out. Mm-hmm. When does that album come out? Uh, stylistically, it, it, are you sort of experimenting with different styles, or is it like a whole pop and dance thing? Uh, mm-hmm. When does it come out? The whole the whole thing. So let me tell you what a flop I am. I really fumbled <laughs> the release of the album probably because I so I actually haven't announced this yet, but there's this this big thing happening in my music career that's not announced that is uh, I'm basically going to be working with a team now to really plan a better rollout. So mm-hmm. I don't know the exact release date, but I'm hoping it's going to be early 2021. I've been talking about this album since 2018, then put out two EPs instead. So hopefully early 2021. Uh, Genre wise, you'll hear more like Shut Me Up and Call Me Crazy that have those early 2000s pop punk vibes. But I also I love theater. I love, you know, 80s rock. I love Queen. So there's so many different sounds um, that'll range from pop to alternative to theater to rock to punk and just some really interesting like I have a Crash Test Dummies kind of homage on there where it's just kind of more storytelling. Uh, There's a lot of influence that. If I if I pointed it out to you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. I get the reference. <laughs> right. Are we going to hear like some big, you know, Def Leppard kind of backing vocals on the album? Are you going to do like a Bohemian Rhapsody kind of breakdown chorus in the middle? Or Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on structurally because I, I made my songs that I knew were radio friendly and have that kind of basic verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus format the bubble gum i I did a lot in terms of playing with you know time changes and uh random breakdowns post choruses outros and i think you guys are gonna really like it so are you writing and producing it with in mind a show oh always (laughs) yeah the first thing that always comes to mind is what is this going to look like when i'm performing it be it the music video or a concert and i really want it to feel like a strange hybrid of like trans-siberian orchestra meets broadway meets a rock concert wow fucking cool (laughs) that's awesome That is great. Uh, just real quick, in terms of career, because you're, you're talking about music, 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 but you do have the book, you did have the internet. Are you now focusing more on the music career or do you still do everything else? And at some point, does it distract from one another? I mean, does, does it water down each or are you just that good that you have that ability to go, no, I can be it. I can be everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have to like sit there and create a schedule? Like, okay, today, vlog at 1225, Jazz Ashaj, 627, dinner yeah, with I myself. Can I can't cancel that. Like, yeah. So this is actually <laughs> something that my life has drastically changed this year, as have all of ours. And it's correct. It emotionally and creative, creatively been really good for me because I was the person who was doing everything and everything was getting a fraction of my attention. Right. So like 
my YouTube videos were suffering, my music was suffering, and my writing was suffering. This year, I'm taking a huge step back from YouTube and social media and focusing solely on the music. There's not another book coming out anytime soon, but Dandelion is out. Like Dandelion took so much fucking time. I've been working on that for two and a half years before it came out. Um, The illustrations alone take months and months and months. But now I'm focusing on music. And when my creativity pulls me in a direction, like painting, for example, I quit whatever I'm doing. I stop daily uploading on my vlog channel. And now I'm painting because that's where I feel emotionally pulled. So it's just wherever I'm inspired the most is where I'm going. And that's not what I used to do at all. Well, that's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, you know, sure, it's a career and all, but you also want to have some fun and you want it to be pleasurable. (laughs) If it becomes too much of a task, you're just like, oh, fuck this. Yep. That's what my manager actually gave me that aha moment where I was I was so stressed all the time and just kind of working to get to the next goal. And he said, I have to tell you, if you're not enjoying the process, you're not going to enjoy the success. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head where I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I'm right. having fun. And now I'm having fun. Which is awesome. And you can see it, even see it in your face and the excitement of you talking about it. Like, it's so cool to see someone. <laughs> yeah, I know, Mitch can't see it. <laughs> I can't like, see her, which oh, is dude, weird. She's She looks, she's glowing. She's so excited. And it's so cool to see someone genuinely excited about something going it's on in their life. It's, Whenever we do these three ways, I get the one who gets the no screen. It's bizarre. Yeah, Mitch. Whenever we do three ways, you you always get never get to see. <laughs> now, in terms of uh, of the the music style, Jeremy, is that something that you can play on your station? Because your station's hot AC, right? Yeah, we're hot AC. I could definitely play a clip of it. It's weird because you know this. That's the other thing. Are you are you writing these songs for like trying to get radio play? Because radio still plays, still pays a lot more than streaming does. So it's like, yeah. are you going in with the consciousness saying like, oh god, like I wonder if I'm gonna get this played on like Star ninety four point seven or like you know like am I gonna is Delilah gonna play this song for me or you know? No, I, I've gotten some like radio play here and there, but I've I've never gone into a release hoping that it gets played. So then when it does, it's just such an insanely humbling and exciting feeling. And I know that I have so much career ahead of me that when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Mm. So it's it's not something I hope for. It's something I'm grateful for. Because at the end of the day, there's so many ways to access music. And yeah, it's awesome to have a radio hit, but I can still be a really successful musician without one. Well, look at what the music video is already doing. I mean, half a million in a month. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> that was Not a really rushed release. So I'm, I'm happy uh, that it's. And a dandelion number five on the New York Times bestseller list. So. Yes. I know that was really exciting, too. It's It's yeah. been a great year in terms of it, it's like the, it was the worst year of my life for so many reasons. And it ended up being the absolute best year yes. of my life. So you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll ask you this because we got to wrap up in a second. But you, you talked about a team. Does the team roll out a strategy for you? Like, OK, you know, in December, we're going to do interviews. And then in January, we're going to go do streaming events. And then in March, we're like, how do they set you up for success? Well, I've never had a team before. Um, this right. is my first time. But you time. do now. Yeah, so this is my first time that I'm going to be working with people. Um, so as far as strategy, the past few years, I've never had one. And uh, I think I'm going to be having one soon. I've just always, I'm so impatient and I love instant gratification. So I used to literally shoot a music video and two days later, put it out. Like it was turnaround yeah. fast. Now I have people telling me you have to 
upload it to the platforms a month in advance and we have to make sure the music video shot before that. And I'm like, oh my God. Make sure everything's on brand. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, uh, dri- that, that, that drives me crazy. I like organic, organic works. You know, Gabby, it's funny you say that because I, like, I'm 26, okay? And like, I think it's just our generation that are just so neurotic that we just want that instant gratification, yes. those like likes and those views. It's like, I do something, I immediately need to put it up. And it's just like, oh, well, you know what? If I wait, maybe I'll get more people to see it tomorrow at a certain, it's like, it's constantly fucking with your head. It's social media. It's that, that whole thing, especially coming from, I was, you know, putting out a YouTube video, it goes viral immediately. And then I have this song that I've been sitting on for two and a half years. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm super excited to hear this new album that you got coming out early next year, which is great. So go check out the new single music video on YouTube. Also catch her at uh, Hudson News at LAX and uh, pick up her uh, her books. Yeah, and Jeremy, give her a spin tonight on, on your channel. I don't want to mention the brand, but go ahead. Yeah, give it yeah. a spin. Yeah, yeah, why not? You know? Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Gabby, an absolute pleasure. It's, it's uh, unfortunate I can't see you, but I will when the video gets done because Jeremy's able to record. But, <laughs> yeah, I uh, recorded it. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you had a good time. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to give us a shout out and uh, p- pimp us out on your Twitter or something. Obviously, <laughs> that's a given. You guys just made me look so cool. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and we're part of the verified club, not not Jeremy, but you and I. We, we yeah, understand yeah. each other. I'm gonna yeah, get some yeah. free airline tickets later. That's what I'm gonna Maybe be working on. Maybe if I tag on. Jeremy, he'll he'll get verified too, and then he can also complain to the airlines. Oh, that'll be good. <laughs> that that's the plan. Yeah. Well, well. See, see, Jeremy, how it's a cabal. We get together as verified people, and we work for you. That's how it works. <laughs> I hate you both. I hate you both. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Gabby. You. It was so cool to meet you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a great time. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. The Jeremy White Podcast. Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Available wherever you get your podcasts. The Jeremy White Podcast. With Boostan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Boostan. Visit Boostan.ca. And LoudTracks.com. Helping fans connect to their favorite artists. 100% high quality, officially licensed band merchandise that supports the artists you love. Visit our official band merch store at loudtracks.com. Watch the Jeremy White podcast exclusively on YouTube.